Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the second part of the Coventry Telegraph podcast, While We Sing Together, where my special guest is David Boost. Now, your career was um, uh, cut short on April the 8th, 1996 at Old Trafford. Um, and it was, well, I mean, what do you remember about it? I mean, it was a big, obviously, you were saying earlier that it was you know, off the back of the, the, the win against Liverpool. Um, so it was a, a huge occasion for you as well, wasn't it, going back um, yeah. to, to Old Trafford. Um, and, um, you know, it, it all came sort of shattering, you know, clattering down um, within minutes didn't it have been of the kickoff. Yeah, it's quite funny because when you come out of Old Trafford, you come out in the sort of bottom or top left hand corner and then your fans are, there's 2,000 Coventry fans that have travelled and they get one little section which is not on the pitch level it, mm. they were sort of up in the next sort of level mm. so you naturally as soon as you come out for your warm up you go full diagonal of the pitch because it was in the opposite corner of where you come out the changing rooms and you, you warm up in front of their people because there you can hear them that getting behind you and you want that support and yeah. you know the stadium at the time had you know 55,000 was going to be full with 55,000 mm. fans in there and a, you know a couple of thousand cough fans so it's it was you know it was, it's called a theatre of dreams is it or mm. something like that the stadium so and for me it was that's as I said before it was where I'd sort of started and, uh, and ironically enough it's where where it ended but you know, we were going through all our set pieces, and you know they're, they're throwing the names at who to watch out for and who's playing. And you know, used to you pick Cantona up on corners, and you know, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it, of course, we when we started the game very well, um, attacked, got corner ourselves in the first minute, and then our usual set pieces was that. Um, Ali Pickman would take the corner, be flicked on at the near post from a run from Noel, and then there was a couple of us would come round the back for the either the flick on or whatever the pieces were. Perfect corner, dropped right at the back stick. I came in on a diagonal, three or four yards out. Can't can't fail to to not score. Um, as I've gone to hit the ball, um, Irwin's come off the post to to block my tackle, and Brian McClare is on the other side, the sort of blind side of me. Um, and he's tackling from the outside so um, Irwin from the inside McLaren from the outside and my, just the sheer timing of it turned out that Irwin blocked my leg my inside of my right foot and then um, so pushing it one way mm. and then the, re- the reverse force from McLaren was the other way and the leg had nowhere to go except for snap and Mm. You know, come at an L shape, and that was just down to split timing. You know, my studs didn't stick in the ground or anything mm. like that. You know, it was just that split timing of being hit by two forces either side mm. of my leg and physics naturally. Then the leg's got nowhere to go, it can't withstand that force, and it, it snapped and buckled. Mm. And then you just heard, well, I didn't hear anything at the time, I was just remember lying still on the ground, not moving, thinking, God, something's not right here. Just the, the pain was frightening, and then it, then it sort of. It, then it stopped 
little bit and I can only think that sort of shock came shock, in I yeah. remember looking at Dion and he had his hands on his head and I d- didn't see much around me Liam Daish was and was around me Paul Williams were sort of holding my hand and calling for physios to come on and things like that and um, so I knew I knew I definitely broke my leg but something didn't feel mm. like something was missing something wasn't where it should be mm. um, the pain came ironically so Man United geared up for ambulance can come right to the corner of the pitch in the where we come out of the changing room so it was straight stretcher onto the ambulance also around Old Trafford there's a road that goes round it and it's got the biggest speed bumps you'll ever see so every time we went on these speed bumps to come out it would just rock mm. my leg while I was on the in the thing and that was just I remember going to the, the hospital of those speed bumps and that was pretty painful were they giving you sort of gas and air at yeah, the time? I'd, or did you have an injection? Or no, I had gas and air. Because I, I always remember them. So Dave Rennie came with me. Strack, Gordon Stracken came down and, and, and asked how I was. My dad and my brother were in the in the stands. Um, so they obviously made their own way to the hospital. And Dave Rennie came in the, in the... He was in the squad that day, so I hadn't got, he wasn't changed. Mm. In kit, he was changed. Um, he came to the hospital with me. Um, and then they had to obviously cut my sock off and take my boot off and remember that being excruciating but they wanted to they were, were going to operate and then we're going to wanted to keep me awake because I'd had a, I'd eaten three three hours before right. that pre-match but I just said no I said just put me out it's too painful mm. and then they, they at what point did you realise how bad it was um, probably the next day when they explained to me yeah. what, what, what I'd done because so, so on that night and I was I had so many problems afterwards. So, at, at the time, they didn't know that I'd got um, I'd got a hem- called a hematoma. Basically, when you the muscle is like you've had a severe trauma to the muscle, so it's expand- expanding within the muscle, the sheep. Mm. So basically, the muscles um, torn inside. All the blood's rushing to it. It's basically ex- expanding, and um, it just the pain was frightening not from that just from the side of my leg and they couldn't work out what it was and in the end I got rushed because they worked out that my mus- uh, the, the muscle down the side of my leg from where the brake was 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 just um, basically getting ready to explode so they had to sort of cut it and release all the pressure that was inside mm-hmm. it and it's through that um, along with MRS- MRSA the infection got into the wound of the muscle, not not the break, mm. and that's what eventually stopped me playing again. Was the fact that I lost all the tendons in my right foot because right. um, of the infection, and I had an open wound for God, it was, must have been six to ten months easily. Mm. Um, so a lot of the operations I had in the first, I had ten operations in the first twelve days, um, and they were all to sort of clean out the the wound, stop the infection, cut out whatever infection was there, um, mm. realign. Because I had a compound fracture, the tib and fib, I had a spiral fracture, uh, so it was all fragmented. And uh, they ended up at one stage when it wasn't healing. They were talking about doing um, what they call a tracheotomy, so it's taking a muscle out of my back and then creating a blood supply to the, the wound so they would aid the, the healing. Um, that was the one bit of luck I had was that all of a sudden, before they did that operation, I went down knowing that I was coming from a massive operation which was going to be quite a risky one and they told me that you, you could lose the, your leg from the knee down um, I was going down thinking when I wake up it's going to be that sort of scenario mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't and I've, as I've come round my dad's 
um, there, my mum's there, and the, the doctors are there, and they're saying, oh, it, it showed signs of healing, so we didn't do the operation, and then it started to heal. Um, still took a lot of time to, to get back. It must have been a huge relief at the time. It, it was, yeah, because it was, as I say, I was expecting um, to be in intensive care for, for a week or so, and cause they, they told me all, all the risks and that, and there, mm. and, um, but that was the one bit of luck I'd, I'd had. Mm. And... Um, and then it was just recovering then from, you know, trying to get back quality of life the next six months. So mm-hmm. it, was about, it was about, I probably knew then I wouldn't play again, but it was six months afterwards that when it got confirmed that I couldn't pull my foot up. So in fact, I couldn't kick a ball properly. My foot was sort of yeah. dragging on the floor. Um, it was then they sort of told me you wouldn't, you wouldn't be playing again. I mean, how, how was it? You know, what's it like sort of coming to terms? Do you remember that the, the day or the moment you came to terms with that fact? I mean, what, how, what, how was that to I take? Don't know. I, I, I don't know. Then if I did come to terms with it, it was um, it was just something that was... There was a lot of media interest around at the time, you know, and then for the next 12 months, it was just... I was going from one show to another and interview to interview and, mm. you know, and the support and, the you know, it was coming in from the public, the commentary fans it was it was just frightening the amount of attention I was you know getting through the injury mm. from all the back pages the front pages um, and it was just you know, it was just a bit of a whirlwind you know and then all of a sudden that sort of like anything the next story comes along and you know one day's fishing you know one day's mm. newspaper next time fishing chip paper so um, and it's sort of then that you then start thinking well, what I'm going to do now and you know, the club had given me another year on my, my contract. I was out of contract then mm. and would have been one of the first Bosmans. Um, and they gave me another 12 months and then many nights had offered to come down and bring, a game, uh, bring their full team for a game at Highfield Road and uh, in a benefit match. And So that sort of brought me a, you know, a couple of years to decide what was going to go on, get over my injury mm. and, um, and things like that. So um, it was absolutely... You know. and, and Sir Alex and, uh, and and the team at the time, and they, they were quite good, weren't they? In terms of, didn't they come to visit in the hospital? And, yeah. and the fact that they came down, that, I mean, that's, that's no, great well, support. It, it was, the yeah. and, and our lads as well. So you know, everyone talks about the, the sort of the big names that came down, and mm. you know, it was Schmeichel and Cantona would come down, and Steve Bruce. Um, this is when I know I'm getting old because Steve Bruce brought his lad with him, Alex, who was about eight years old. So knowing that he's sort of retiring now, it's, <laughs> it comes on to it. But and and there was, I used to go to, I used to have a couple of days. My family had come down to a hotel in Manchester. Um, my mum was down with me all the whole time I was there. She was the club had popped her up at the, the Copthorne, and then my wife and and the rest of the family would come down at the weekend. And uh, one day I had a phone call um, saying there's a Man United fan in reception would like to come up and say hello. So I said, um, OK, send him up. You know, and he came in, he had a baseball cap on, and I was going, oh, hello, what's your name? And he goes, oh, it's uh, David Beckham. I went, <laughs> I think I said, take your hat off. And, you know, and at that time, obviously, he wasn't the biggest star now, but obviously yeah, yeah. makes the story a lot better now because of how famous it is. And I've come and gone, oh, nice to meet you. What's your name? What, why, <laughs> thanks for coming to see me. What's your name? And he's, oh, oh, David Beckham. But a lot of that young team came and saw me as well. I remember Ryan Giggs coming, coming to see me as well. And, that, and it, was, it was just nice that, mm. you know. And I saw him a couple of years later when I was on holiday, actually. And just, it was good to go up to him, have a chat with him. and. Uh, and that, but he was. And they just sort of, you know, just came and just said, look, I just wanted to say hello and yeah, see yeah, if you're okay yeah, and, and see how it was. And you know, all the team come down and 
Big Ron came and, and saw me and they were mm. trying to get me back for certain games, you know, to come and say hello, to, but it was just too much. At the time, I couldn't, I was in and out of operations all the time and I just didn't have the strength. Mm. So we were sort of advised to, to not come down and mm. wouldn't be able to cope with the day, which was probably the best decision. But mm. they said straight away, as soon as anything, we'll bring the full side down and... Uh, and that was a great occasion as yeah, well, wasn't it? Brilliant. I mean, funnily enough, Alex came to see me in hospital and he bought me a book signed by Eric Cantor. Um, funnily enough, it was, it was Alex bought me Eric's book <laughs> signed by him. And he was in the uh, waiting room to, to come to see me. My mum was in there with him. They just got talking about something. He was just, At the hospital? Yeah. yeah. You know, my mum didn't have a clue who anyone was. And, <laughs> you know, he was having a chat and he must have been saying, how's your lad? And she must have always, you know, going through this not very well and he was sort of saying oh you know how do you know him and he, he was just too modest to go oh I'm Alex Ferguson and he just <laughs> said oh you know, just, just know about him involved in football and then my dad came in sort of jaw hit the floor yeah like, oh, Alex Ferguson and there's my mum yakking away to him about God knows what and he was after you know you know who that was no I was having a chat that's Alex Ferguson that he like, oh. so it's quite funny now when we, uh, we look back but yeah, they came down with the full full side, and you know what a night that was. It yeah. just beat Tottenham on the Monday. Why am I saying the Monday? We beat Tottenham three one away, and it meant we stayed in the Premiership. Mm-hmm. And then on, no, that was the Saturday. And then on the Monday, they were queuing outside Highfield Road, and it was mm-hmm. the first time a testimonial match had been sold out prior to the, mm-hmm. the day. And when they someone rang me up, it might be Joe Elliott actually. Um, he said, "Oh, you won't believe it. There's, uh, they're queuing up round the ground, and uh, yeah, you know, tickets are just flying. Brilliant. So I mean, it was a great game. And, uh, and Gaza played that day, didn't he? Yeah, George Best was there. He didn't, um, um, he didn't play, but he would, uh, he'd come down. He originally was supposed to play because we had a game beforehand mm. um, with some celebs, and my brother played. Um, Bobby played, um, and, 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 and George came down. Just, um, I think he knew my agent at the time." And I got some stuff signed by him, and it was only recently yeah. that I stuff. I didn't know he'd signed the stuff. I was mm-hmm. looking at some stuff in my garage not too long back, and looked at the name. I was I've moved house a few years back, and I saw this stuff. I thought, oh dear, that's George Best, that is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he was just in the box from my thing. So it was, uh, it was great. Yeah, and Gaza, Gaza came and played Les Ferdinand. And it was Eric Cantona's last game, wasn't it? Didn't he announce his retirement? Yeah, he played his last game on the Saturday against West Ham. <coughs> um, and then in our game, one of the committee members, because there, there was like a benefit committee that mm. got together, went in to see if they could have a shirt, uh, which we could auction off or something, and he just managed... Again, it's my uncle, Uncle Clive Simmons. Um, he didn't have a clue who anyone was, and he came out and he goes, I've got this shirt, and the, the, one of the lads has signed it, and then he was... Looked at it and went, it's number seven, this is Cantona shirt, and it's <laughs> got his signature on the on the back of it. And he was like, What the hell, how did you get that? And uh, and then obviously, over the next few days, it came out that he um, mm-hmm. was retiring, and then all of a sudden, it was, mm-hmm. that was the last shirt he played in. And because it was strange, because I think he wore two two or three shirts in the game, right? Well, no one ended up in the Man United uh, Museum, right? We had one, and and there was the one from his last league game, which one of the men, Monker, John Monker, mm. had got. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, I've still got that shirt now. So. Yeah. And Gaza gave us Rangers shirt, sign, mm. shorts, socks, the boots he wore. It, it was just great, you know. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah it was a great night.
Who's your, who's your best friend in football? Have you still, do you still keep in touch with any of the old lads? I do, yeah. So quite a few of the F troop. Um, <laughs> Sean Flynn, again, we were very close when we were at Carver and then obviously um, our families knew each other very well and we still keep in touch. He lives down south now, so yeah. we don't see as much as each other. Is he in um, football still? Uh, he went to run a, like a caravan park. Um, so no, he's... Uh, he, when I, a few years later, when I started managing Eversham United, he was he came and played for me, right. and John Williams. Um, so, and then he moved down after that. He gave sort of gave football up, and he, I think he went and played for Bodmin for a bit, mm. and uh, and then obviously stayed down that way. And, mm. But Paul Williams, um, we've had a few Paul Williams that have played for us, but Paul Williams who went on to Southampton, Stoke. Mm. Um, just been released by Blues actually as part of their coaching stuff. He was very close friend. Of mine, and, and especially through my injury, he lived just down the road from me, and we used to travel into training. Um, he was very supportive over that first twelve months. And mm. but footballers, as they move on, they they do. I mean, I, yeah. I'm lucky that I still run the former players team. So the likes of uh, Mickey Jean, Dave Bennett, um, Marcus Hall, Andy Morrell, so mm. Andy Wing. Now he's one of our yeah. <laughs> new, new younger players in the charity <laughs> team. You know, Stuart Giddings, John Williams plays, um, Klaus Jurgensen. So mm. we, you know, Lee Carsley. You know, I'll drag them all in at some stage, yeah. um, just yeah. just through contact. So. Um, on the Legends Day, obviously last week it was cancelled. But yeah. Ali, Steve Morgan, and um, John Williams, we we always try and make that an, an yeah. annual event. Yeah. You know, and have a stay over and have a few yeah. beers. So, uh, and twenty odd years on, twenty two years or whatever it is from, um, uh, you know, when, when your career was ended, and um, you know you're still at the club and and still going strong with the football and the community, and you obviously love that. Yeah, it was, it was a big part. So obviously, when I finished in you know ninety got injured in ninety six, and then. Uh, Contracts took a year out to get fit and get mm. back to normal as much as I could. It was then I had to decide what I wanted to do. I started doing what every other ex-footballer does. He started looking at his coaching badges. I knew I could go back into insurance if I wanted to, but mm. I'd enjoyed being around football and enjoyed. So I did my in the nights. So not between '96 and '97, and the next twelve months afterwards, I started doing my coaching badges. And then Barry Powell, who was still the community manager then. Um, came to me with a, a, an opportunity that was arriving, uh, arising at Coventry and there was myself, Lloyd McGrath um, wanted us to coach football in schools and holiday courses and things like that and I thought yeah that would be absolutely great you know, mm. just couldn't think of anything else at the time I was doing my coaching badges I was just about to start with the academy at Cobb as well and Lloyd was the same and he had Stratford area I had um, Coventry Central and um, he just went from, from there in the end Barry moved on some other people came in to take charge and in 2003 um, I took over the, the scheme and in 2008 we became a charity mm. and then that's when everything really started to take off then and from being two or three of us then uh, with a load of part-time coaches to now in 2018 when we've got 25 full-time staff and another 25 casual coaches delivering sports, education, health, inclusion projects to... Mm. Anyone and everyone from three, four years old up to a uh, oldest walking footballer who's eighty-three years old. So, yeah. uh, it's fantastic, isn't it? You yeah. know, it's, it's a real success story, isn't it? I think that's the thing that keep, keeps me going. Is the variety of what I'm, what I do now, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it, it's just it's still keeping you in that sort of uh, the football family. Mm. But it's the fact that we can now be working with you know 
the special education needs schools um, we could be going and working with you know women and girls promoting you know health and that to the, the, the supporters of Coventry it just there's so many different projects we mm. do that affects you know all families and mm. generations of people you know crossing four generations mm. you know we could just affect the same family you know across four of them and it's it, it's we're, 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 we've got a, a good name of what we do and, and how we do it and mm. the quality of what we do and uh, mm. you know and that's got you only as good as your weakest member of your team and uh, we've got a big team and we're, we're pretty strong at the moment yeah good stuff and you're obviously a, a regular at the Rico um, and obviously it must have been difficult to see you know over the years the sky blue sort of slipped down the football pyramid but you know, they're having a half-decent season this year and um, you must have seen them a, a few times, certainly the home games. And what do you think, uh, how do you think they're doing this season? You, you you think they're sort of on track for promotion? Do you think they can do it? I, I think it still needs a lot of hard work. I, th- I think, you know, I've, I've been to most of the home games for the last sort of two, three years. Um, sadly, we've been relegated mm-hmm. you know, from the Championship down to Division 1 and then last year and highs and lows of winning the checker trade and you know great expectations and then getting relegated mm-hmm. last year was was a, hu- a huge blow and you mm-hmm. know um, and this year and, and you know I fully believe in, in, in Mark Robbins and, and what he brings um, I think we've had been a bit unlucky every team has injuries don't get me wrong but I think when you have a, a player as exciting as Jody Jones and then you lose him and he's that X factor so this mm-hmm. league it, it, most people know this league's about strength down the middle of the pitch, mm. big characters, and but you need that X factor to then who's the difference between two two strong teams playing against each other. You need mm. that, and I think that's where we've been unlucky that we've lost key players. You know, um, Tony and Andrew as well. Yeah. His injury from the other. So we set out at the start of the season as if we're looking at automatic promotion. We've dipped in and out and around it, mm. but we've not had that consistency in our performances at all. In the most consistency we've had is when we just lost three on the bounce. Yeah. We bounced back in the last one with a good uh, win at Wickham, mm. uh, and we're just on the edge. So um, you know, you probably we, we still we haven't had that consistent run of three, four, five wins on the bounce, which is what a lot of the other teams have. Mm. So you know, for um, to put us now, if we were to have that run. Then we could maybe nick third, but if I'm realistically, I'm probably looking at you know just get back in amongst those playoff mm. places. Um, I think we've we've done well to recover from those setbacks, you know, and our youngsters that have come in have been doing particularly well, mm. you know, and um, Doyler's in there. I know we missed him for a couple of games, but you know he's been experience has been good and I mean he's been invaluable isn't he I mean just you know yeah. when he's in the side it's just he pulls everybody up doesn't he yeah all the I, I think he's just he's a, bit, a bit old school really we've got a young side mm. and when you've got someone like Doyle in the team who's got that experience he'll, he won't let people sit back on mm. you know and that he'll know when to someone needs a, a volley you can see him on the pitch if something's not good enough he's, he's telling them and people will be on their toes they'll probably think well, when he's not in there there's no one to tell us now mm. you know you know you got the young players um, around him, and you just want to make sure they should be doing his running, and he can sit in. And mm. he's a useful footballer, but he gets everyone else ticking. And uh, yeah. you know, McNulty, fine. You know, early part they thought, oh god, where's our twenty goal of man? You know, couldn't couldn't hit a barn door. Whereas, you know, since just before Christmas, he's been on a great run, and yeah. he's now, you know, probably doing well to keep hold of him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and Johnson Clark Harris has come in, and you know. 
all of a sudden he he looks a, a goal threat, doesn't he? He looks like you know he could sort of add to McNulty's goals and, and could perhaps just sort of be that little bit different. Yeah, and and, and Jotter, obviously, I know um, John Earl from when he was. You know, he was here before and, mm. and got released, and he, he always had this fiery character about him, and and you just you just you want that, you want. Mm. So you know, I, I look at Max, and and I think he works really hard mm. and he's good in the air, but he just seems a little bit gentle. Whereas Jono is just he don't care, he, yeah. he'll smash through anything, and he'll really put himself about, and he's yeah. he's, he's got that temperament and. People will be aware, wary of that, mm. and you and, need that, don't you? Oh, yeah, certainly this level, yeah, especially you, level. you know up up top. And mm. if he's playing with McNulty, there's no better foil than having someone like him to be the battering ram. Mm. And and he can play, and he's got a good turn of pace as well. John has, and mm. uh, you know you saw him in his performance against Brighton. He he didn't look out of place playing against them, and mm. you know it was probably our shining light there. And we just want him to, you know, take a bit of the pressure off mm. McNulty, and you know. As long as we can get the midfielders to feed them, yeah. provide the chances, then yeah. you know we've got good attacking options now. Yeah. And as a former defender, I mean, you know, City's foundations this season have been sort of laid on on solid foundations, haven't they? You know yeah. that that solid defence, which is the best uh, defensive record in in the division. And uh, you've been impressed with the, the with the back four and the, the centre backs in particular. Yeah, and I think depending on who, what combination you're having in there, it's they've all, they've come in and mm. they've, they've stood up. I mean. You look at we have got a great record, but you look at some of the goals that we've we've let in, and you know, and no disrespect to the goalkeepers we've been at the time, but there's been a lot of soft goals and, mm. and mistakes, which you know have resulted. But we've still got the best record mm. you know, as, as a defensive force. So it, I always say, you know, when we're talking about the game and coming up, I don't think anyone's ever going to play through us and score a great goal because they're better than us. It's mm. we just seem to be a, that little bit unlucky where we get punished. Um, for, for silly, silly things. Whereas I know we swing some roundabouts, and we've had a great run of getting penalties. You know, of late. Mm. You know, whereas perhaps before Christmas we weren't weren't getting those decisions. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but our, our back four. I think whoever's whoever's playing in there is coming in. You know, Stokes has come back and, and done great. Jack Grimmer um, has been probably one of our best players, most consistent. You look at Rod McDonald and Jordan both had their injuries, but when they play together. Mm. Done great, but you know you look at Dominic Home coming in, and you know and, and um, Tom Davis. Tom Davis, you know that that spell when we had a, a good run with the FA Cup and um, over Christmas, he, he was great. He's got that sort of streak inside him as well, and he's very competitive, and his experience comes through. So I've got no qualms of any of those four, you know, being in the central positions because I think they're strong, dominant, and, and, and quick. Mm. Lovely. Thanks, Dave. Thanks ever so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, I wish you all the best. Thank you. Uh, cheers, Andy.